Welcome to the Ask Philip podcast. Today, Philip talks about what's the difference between gambling and investing and oil being priced in Bitcoin. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. And now, here's Philip. All right. It is July 23rd, Friday. And you know what? Y'all, I am in the process as we speak of going live on Spotify Green Room, too. So if you are on Spotify Green Room, you can hop in this live. I'm going to start doing it daily in Spotify Green Room because you know I do a Monday through Friday daily podcast. Um, so if you follow me on Spotify Green Room, uh, you'll get the notification. So make sure you do it. I'm under my name, Philip Washington, my government name. But go 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 check it out. Uh, it's it's also it it's better than live here too on Facebook because you can also like uh, chat and ask questions uh, during the deal. And I might even hang out after the show and talk a little bit depending on how many folks are in there. Um, so that is that is new enough today. Also, new announcement: I'm going to be uh, August is going to be Life Insurance Month, where I'm going to have a sponsor. He's going to be in once a week. John Thurman, uh, CEO of Access Financial, he's going to be in once a week on Mondays, giving life insurance tips. Uh, so, and he's the sponsor for the month. For that, I don't talk about it enough. Uh, in my episode yesterday, I talked about it being a cornerstone of a wealth building plan, and so um, and actually, you know, full disclosure, John's my life insurance agent. I don't have a license anymore, and he keeps me up to date on what's going on and make sure that my family is protected. So he's a, a smart dude. So let's let's get into the show. The first topic I want to talk about is what's the difference between gambling and investing. And this question came up because I have a Facebook friend that on multiple occasions has said investing in the stock market is is gambling as well. And and I don't think he's in the minority on his point of view. I think a lot of people who have invested in things that I would consider investments that aren't good bets, like AMC, GameStop, Dogecoin, um, they're they're doing it because they're like, well if everything's a gamble anyway, why not just YOLO, right? The YOLO investing strategy. Uh, you only live once. And and in reality, you know, just like you hear people who go to Vegas and they come back and say, hey, I went to Vegas and made money. What they don't tell you is how they lost money, right? Because net net, if you keep going to Vegas, the odds are in your favor to to lose the money, right? And, and, that, and that goes to the difference. When you, I like to use the analogy of a life insurance company or a casino operator. And, and so let's start with the life insurance company. So life insurance company, they make their money uh, on placing their proper probability on when people are going to die. Because think think about like the most one of the most random things in life is death. Because you can get hit by a bus or you can live to one twenty. Who who really knows? And so life insurance companies for hundreds of years have crunched numbers and said, okay, you know, I I don't know when this specific twenty seven year old with these factors are going to die. But I know when I can get a high probability of if, if, I, if I find a thousand 27-year-olds 
with these factors, then I can get a real good idea of when they're likely going to die and then charge enough money uh, to pay out for the ones that do die early and then make us some money uh, because it costs us to I mean, it costs us to create this business and make money for our shareholders. And so uh, they look at stats, you know, and their stats are things that correlate with, you know, death, health. Is, is a big factor, you know, the skydive, bungee jumping, right? All things, they, they've done the work of knowing, okay, these are the things that will increase the likelihood of a this 27-year-old dying, and so we need to charge them accordingly, right? They also are, are, are wise to say, we're just not going to write policies on 80-year-olds. That's just not, that's not wise financially, um, and so they've done the, done the math. Same with the casino operators, right? Casino operators understand that, if they can keep you playing, right, the house wins the longer you play, right? The longer you play, the house is going to win because the odds are, they've, they've created the games in a way where the odds are in their favor to win. So, so you might, you might win a game or not, but if we, if we're looking at like thousands of players, right, and they, thousands of players keep coming back to the house because they're giving you free drinks, right? You're on the big baller, you know what I'm saying? Status list where you get the notes and the free hotel. Like they're going to make multiples of money off of you if you keep coming back over time because they, 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 they put the odds in their favor, right? It's just, it's just math. Investing is the same way, right? When you're building an investment strategy, if you're putting things in your portfolio that have a likely, you know, opportunity to make money over time and you're not betting on one deal, because here's a big thing. Casino operators don't, they don't bet their entire finances on one gambler. Insurance companies don't bet their entire operation on writing a policy on one person. They, they spread it out. So when you're investing, diversification is important because, you know, we're dealing in probabilities, not certainties. But if you could say, hey, I want to find, I want to find 10 to 15 investments that have a probability of five times from where it is right now over the next 10 years, right? That's easier than find, than saying, I want to find this one investment that's going to, that's going to do that because you can, you can diversify your money. Um, the other, the other part about investing that's important where you, when, when you dig into the details and you understand how to increase your odds of being right, time, right? If it's hard to be right day trading or trying to invest with a three month time frame or a one year time frame because the odds of being, the, uh, there's not, there's not a lot of statistics you can, things you can look at that can give you a, a, um, a good way to put the odds in your favor, right? But over a longer period of time, five years or more, fundamentals follow the stock price or stock price follows fundamentals over a long period of time because in the short term, the market can be manipulated or can overreact or underreact. But over a five-year period of time, you know, if, if, if you look at, if you look at the, if you, I did this one study where I charted the cash flow growth of Amazon over the last two decades, the cash flow growth was something like 30% a year. So I'm, I'm messing up the numbers, but let's say 30% a year. It's pretty close to that. The stock price over that period of time had grown at 30% a year, right? And so the stock price follows the fundamentals. And so if you can, if you can get an idea of, okay, uh, and this is why you hear me talk about a lot, not guessing on who the winners are, because I want to take the guesswork out. Okay, who are the clear winners? What is the upside of the industry relative to you know, the old way of doing things. And then the leader, like what's their historical growth rate and what's the, you know, what's the estimate of what they're likely going to grow it over the next five years. And that can, that can give you a idea of what your return will be over that period of time. And, and you can even go conservative when you're doing your modeling to figure it out. And I recommend that you do, that you do do that, but it doesn't, 
it doesn't take a lot of rocket science. So for example, let me give you a very specific example. People will ask me, Philip, what is the next Amazon? Amazon is the next Amazon for the next five years. E-commerce is still not the majority of way that we buy things. And people still aren't buying people. There's still a lot of people who don't buy on Amazon. Like most people don't realize you can buy fertilizer on Amazon. Like what, what you want to look at is what is the trend of human of human beings, right? The trend of human beings is we want to become, you know, lazier and lazier on things that we don't have to do. And so as more people discover that, oh, Amazon, I can buy fern- I can buy fertilizer. I can buy my yard stuff. And they go on Amazon and do it. Like I will stop saying Amazon is not, it's not the next Amazon when it puts Lowe's and Home Depot out of business, right? I mean, there's still, there's still a lot of companies that Amazon are going to put out of business. Um, and not specifically those, but I'm just saying there's Amazon still has a very high likelihood of doubling the growth or tripling the growth of the S&P 500 over the next five years. Easy, like easy. And it's bigger, more established. Uh, AWS, which is built inside of Amazon, is a powerhouse, um, which is a big engine of growth in Amazon. So the point is Amazon's the next Amazon. And so you don't you don't have to guess they are the you know eight hundred pound gorilla in the room and so just like bet on the trend we're, the trends we're going we're going to keep doing more e commerce they're winning they're, there's no reason for them to stop winning and so it works same same thing with Facebook what's the best advertising product on the marketplace right now that that, that will allow you to reach the people that you want in the most targeted way for the best bang for your buck Facebook. You know, um, outside of a very specific podcast, so let's say, you know, there's niche podcasts where, you know, if I were a marketing company or if I was a company that were marketing services in Bitcoin or crypto, then like the best bang for my buck would probably be like what Bitcoin did podcast, you know, or Anthony Papiano's podcast because they're niche podcasts that you could spend money on and you're going to hit all the players um, in, in that space. And so, you know, but, but but that's why those podcasters are making crazy amounts of money, right? Outside of that narrow niche, Facebook, and Facebook still can compete with that because if you can create a good campaign, you can just reach the people who follow those podcasts through targeting on Facebook, which is amazing. So that's an example of, uh, and by the way, as you know, we own both of these companies, full disclosure. But I'm going to go into, I, I've given, I've done previous lots of episodes on my process and how we look at things but the point is you 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 don't have to gamble when you invest you could build a process that allows you to put the odds in your favor of making money and then diversify and then be patient the longer the longer term the, the longer the term or longer the time period you go out the more likely you are to be right and increase your probability you can you can be the uh you know the casino instead of the gambler because the house wins the longer you play, right? Build your portfolio in a way to where, hey, the longer the time frame, the more likely it is I'm going to win. Next topic, oil being priced in Bitcoin. So here's here's following up on, I did a, a, a email to my email list yesterday talking about the Bitcoin price target. And one of the things people don't don't really understand about the dollar and how it rose to power is, you know, back in the, I don't remember if it was the, 50s, 60s, or 70s, I think it was the 70s, the U.S. did a deal with Saudi Arabia and some other uh, countries with a lot of oil where they said, hey, um, we want you to price uh, oil only in dollars. And if you do that, we'll protect you. And so 
what that did was if you're in if you're a country that needs to buy energy because energy is the biggest thing that countries need right wars are fought over it if you know if you need energy you're not going to buy all the energy that you need for 10 years right because storage and all that kind of stuff and it's, it's complicated so what you're going to do is you're going to say all right i'm gonna we're going to buy the energy we need like this month or this year or however you buy it but we're going to need to save some money somewhere to, to, to buy energy that we need next year and the following year. So they would store their savings in dollars because Saudi Arabia and these countries would only, would only sell their energy in dollars. And so you have the rise of the petrodollar system. Like people, people they, they, they say the countries save money in dollars because they needed to buy oil in the future. And the U.S. would, would have, you know, had a big market for selling their debt, you know, their credit, and which allowed us to spend money like a drunken sailor for 50 years and get in the position that we're in right now. So it's the, petro, it's the petrodollar system. Now, if you, if, if, if you think about it, um, um, China, Russia, and all of them have already stopped buying dollars. And if you're, and if, and, and unless you're a U.S. citizen, like you don't really like that system because you're like, well, man, I don't, I got to buy oil and dollars. Why can't I buy it in my own currency? Or why can't I use some currency that I picked? You know, I don't want to use the U.S. dollars because what if what if the U.S. doesn't like me anymore? They can sanction me, cut off my dollars, and now I can't buy the energy I need, you know, for my for my country, which is what the U.S. did over and over and over again. And so that that has created like a huge geopolitical problem. And you've had countries like China, Russia, diversify some of their uh, you know holdings into uh, other currencies like the euro, also in gold. Right? That's that's like the base trading for. Even the most distrust distrusted country, because gold is gold, and and so you you can you can fast forward and see a world where a decade from now, or maybe even sooner, countries want to sell up and bit they want to price oil and Bitcoin because it's neutral, right? And it's easier to transport than gold because the problem with with with, with tr- trading with the any fiat system like the euro or the yuan. Is you gotta trust the government, and governments just don't trust other governments, right? Because they might print more money and devalue the currency. So you might put your savings in euros, but they're printing money, lots of money. They got negative rates, you know. So that's not great. What's the neutral asset that is easily transferable, not controlled by any government, decentralized, like Bitcoin? Like it's it's a foregone conclusion. You you can look at it like governments disrespected social media. And the ability to influence its people until like Donald Trump used it to, to, to take over the Republican Party. And then and then, you know, and then when he got shut down by social media, realized also how powerful social media was. And so for the tech people who understand, it, they're like, yeah, it's a foregone conclusion. Like governments are going to settle in Bitcoin because like if, if once they understand that. You, you 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 get away from the power that the U.S. Uh, has, and you also don't put yourself in a position where another government can control your you know your money, right? And and it's better like because by the way, if you want to sell up in billions of dollars of energy in gold, that's expensive because you got to put the gold on the ship, transport it, have a military. Like you can send a billion dollars worth of Bitcoin over the Bitcoin you know um, uh, uh, Bitcoin protocol for like next to no money. Like that, ten minutes settles, um, and so yeah, it's going to happen. And when that happens, we'll see Bitcoin uh, that 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 Bitcoin super move, I believe. Um, so uh, you know, these are just, I'm, and I'm 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 going to keep dropping these Bitcoin nuggets because I think once I think 
going back to probabilities and understanding gambling versus investing, right? A lot of people are chasing these other cryptocurrencies and getting fooled. But but once you understand how the current system works, how it was built, and and you look at how humans have built other systems, you realize consistencies and principles. And then you say, oh, okay, this is why, you know, people are going into Bitcoin. And and you and again, you go from not guessing. You go to, yeah, this is the next logical step, right? It takes time. And in the interim, there's volatility because people hate change and we're people and people hold assets, you know. But y- you can make an informed decision because you understand where the market is going. And then what you can also do is, you know, if you see something that from a fundamental standpoint diverges or you see maybe like a better option, then you can be like, okay, cool. Like I can, I'm able to make a rational decision because I understand the path and how things work. And I understand how what we have in the current period of time correlates with that. And what's the, what's the leader and what's likely to continue to be the leader, you know, and you can, and then you can extrapolate that out. Right. And so this, I'm, I'm, I'm sharing these two in, in, in one episode to give you an idea of, Hey, investing is not gambling, right? It's not, it's, it is looking at all your options, crunching probabilities, making the next, making the best decision and, uh, and diversifying and protect your money. So I hope y'all enjoy y'all's weekend. I hope you stay cool because it's going to be hot as heck. We are moving into August. Uh, so until Monday, y'all and enjoy your weekend. If you are interested in having a review of your portfolio or to see how far on track you are with your retirement goals, Philip offers complimentary consults through his company, Stonehill Wealth Management. For more information, log on to StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. That's StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.